Good morning, brethren. Good morning. Let's turn to Psalm 21. Book of Psalms. 21. Got an update on uh, D. Parks. Had done a CT scan several days ago, and uh, the results were not as man would hope. Uh, his cancer is spreading and growing, and uh, it's popping up in other areas they didn't see before. And so they're continue chemo and change a different line of medication, uh, but he is strong as the Lord strengthen him and thankful, and his uh, children and, and his wife is too. Who gave that to us? Oh, it's easy to say, oh, well, the Lord does that until you got the cancer in you. Huh? <laughs> God got it in me. Oh, that's when that's when we tried and proved. He gave it. And Lord strengthened him. What an example. That's for him, obviously. Then him. That's for those brethren there in College Grove and us here. Him to walk in and say, Lord, did this, it's right. It's good. That's a good attitude to have it in all things. Uh, also, uh, equally as glorious, because <laughs> the Lord did it. Uh, our brother Rob Keller and his wife Kristen, they visited with us. Uh, they had a baby last week, and uh, I'm going to tease Kristen over it. Uh, we call Cody Henson. They had one in the living room. We call him Dr. Henson. Uh, he delivered the baby. Well, uh, literally, Dr. Kristen, <laughs> Dr. Keller, she's a nurse practitioner with a Ph.D., uh, she delivered her baby in the van on the way to the hospital. And so his, Rob's sister, Sarah Moyer, is due any day now. And I said, Sarah, you may want to go ahead and check into the hospital, honey. Uh, times are unique, aren't they? All right. Psalm 21. The heading in Psalm 21 tells us it's Psalm 21. We got it? Everybody there? All right. The heading tells us this is a psalm of David. It is written by David to the chief musician. It was concerning David personally. He knew what he's talking about. The Lord gave it to him. And it's concerning each member of the body of Christ throughout time. This concerns you and I. That's important. But this is a messianic psalm. Most importantly, it concerns David. It concerns me and you. We need to hearken to it. But it concerns Christ our King. After he spoke with those. He said, These words which I spake unto you while I was with, yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses. Every jot and tittle. We like to harp on that, don't we? We're like a, well, I'll get to it later. We like to find our benefits, don't we? Instead of the one that's the benefactor. We like to be beneficiaries. All things written in the law of Moses and in the prophets. That's miraculous. And in the Psalms. Oh, that's the blessing. That's the sweet part. Concerning me, he said. First, let's look at this just briefly. As you and I. As, as our brother, King David. And as us. It says in Psalm 21.1. The king shall joy in thy strength, O Lord. And in thy salvation, how greatly shall he rejoice. Because of the cross of Christ, because of what he accomplished at Calvary, you and I are made kings. We can say this with David was a biblical king, wasn't he? 
We are made kings. That's what we read in Revelation 5. It said they sung a new song. A psalm. That's a song, isn't it? That's what we're reading now. Saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation and hast made us unto our God kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth. This is King David and us who believe. We are lowercase kings and our joy is the Lord's strength. His strength made witness to us in our weakness. Like old brother Angus told us the other day, I've heard it my whole life, T and P, <laughs> tried and proved. <laughs> the Lord tells us something and we say, I get that. And then he's going to try us with his word. Trials are coming and he's going to prove to his children what he says is true. That hurts sometimes. That's, oh, that, that, that chastening sometimes is grievous. Those trials are hard trials. But boy, they're sweet when we say his word's true. He's right 100% of the time. <laughs> you can take it to the bank. We greatly rejoice in his salvation. We rejoice in the Lord's strength, and we greatly rejoice in the salvation of the Lord. It says in verse 2, Thou hast given him his heart's desire. The king has received his heart's desire, and hast not withholden the request of his lips. What was David's desire? We read that in Psalm 27. We'll see it here in a few weeks, won't we? One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. A child of God desires to be in the Lord's temple. A child of God desires to be with other people that the Lord dwells in. I want to hear a word from Him. I want to rejoice in Him and His strength and His salvation. I want to proclaim His name. And then on David's deathbed, he said, Although my house be not so with God, yet hath He made with me an everlasting covenant, ordered in all things and sure. For this is all of my salvation and all my desire. That's what he desired. David could pray this. Can we? Can we pray this? Just like Paul. Just like David. Just like us, isn't it? Oh, that I may win Christ and be found in him. Is there something more important? A position, a title, a crown, some riches, a location, sunny weather, snowy weather when it's pretty. It's something more important than being with God, than worshiping Him. Verse 3, For thou preventest him with the blessings of goodness, and thou settest a crown of pure gold on his head. Prevent here means proceed, prevenient grace, as some people call it. Blessings of goodness before, that go ahead of us. What, was, what went ahead of us? We were chosen before the world began, wasn't it? In Him. He knew us from our mother's womb. He's loved us with an everlasting love. David writes in Psalm 23, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's what old brother Spurgeon said. That's the Lord's watchdogs. Goodness goes before us. The grace goes before us, preparing the way, and mercy's right behind, blotting out sin and transgression. 
That's what we need. That crown of pure gold on our heads. What's that? Knowing the Lord. He told Jeremiah, he said, If man's going to glory, let him glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me. And he knows God. Verse 4. He asked life of thee, and thou gavest it him, even length of days forever and ever. Believers asked the Lord to save them. Peter did, didn't he? Lord, save me. Well, if we're going to get saved, we're going to have to have something we're saved from. Isn't it? The Lord's going to show us what sin we are. And when we do, when, we see, when he shows us that affection, not what it's in a... It's on a piece of paper, not what's in a contract. Not Well, that's in uh, Webster's Dictionary, I understand. What, no, when he shows us that that's me, we're going to cry out. Lord, give me life. I ask thee of life, and thou gavest. <laughs> not just for a moment, but eternal life, everlasting life. It says forever and ever. We ask him, and he gives it. Verse 5, his glory is great in thy salvation. Honor and majesty hast thou laid upon him. We have the privilege, the right, and the honor to be called the sons of God because he's laid that on us. He's given us life. Verse 6, For thou hast made him most blessed forever. Thou hast made him exceeding glad with thy countenance. I'm blessed forever. And ain't nobody can take it away. (laughs) My mind might be gone, but I'm his. That's a blessing, isn't it? And I'm exceeding glad with the countenance of the Lord. Have you ever just showed up to, to a, a worship service, a church, a, a conference, whatever? Whatever people want to call it. You show up where Christ is proclaimed. Have you ever heard him proclaimed and heard that he shall accomplish what he said he's going to accomplish? And he has and he always will. And he's going to receive all the glory. Have you ever heard that walk away sad? It bums some people out, I tell you. Not his children. They make people sad. That's a shame. They're going to die and perish in their sins forever. It's horrible. But not the child of God. We're exceeding glad with his countenance, with his presence, with his glory. I wouldn't have it any other way. Our gospel is hid to those that are lost. But he's revealed it to us. He's revealed it to us. Verse 7. For the king trusteth in the Lord, and through the mercy of the Most High he shall not be moved. Every child of God trusteth continually in the Lord. They don't start trusting in other things. I trust in Him. Now, I'm going to shore up my bets just in case. And I'm going to go down and get me a rosary, and I'm going to get me some holy water, and this, that, and other. No. <laughs> when you trust Him, you only trust Him. You don't trust in nothing else. You don't look to this flesh. You don't look to carnal reasoning or, or what some other person says. You look to what His Word says. And we trust in the Lord. And that's not because we are just so steady. Well, my faith's so strong, I just can't be moved. Uh, negative. That's not it. But rather, because of the most high's mercy, we are not moved. And we're preserved eternally. What keeps me looking to Christ? The mercy of God does. He doesn't punish me and turn me to myself and let me go off on my own. Like a sheep out in the wilderness going to starve to death and freeze to death. And die of malnutrition. He keeps me. That's merciful, isn't it? Now for our enemies. <laughs> That's a good thing too. You got some enemies? You got some woes? You, are, you, are you mad? You spend seven verses praising God and then worry about your enemies. That's a good way to start, isn't it? Isn't that a good thing? 
you're ever going to have a hard conversation with somebody, it's good to start out praying to God to forgive us, be merciful to us. Here for the enemies, verse 8. Thine hand shall find out all thine enemies. Thy right hand shall find out those that hate thee. Thou shalt make them as a fiery oven in the time of thine anger. The Lord shall swallow them up in his wrath, and the fire shall devour them. Their fruit shall thou destroy from the earth, their seed from among the children of men. Their fruit and their seed, that's the fruit of their boughs, their children. That's the product of the bondwoman we'll see next hour. For they intended, didn't say they accomplished, did they? They intended evil against thee. They imagined a mischievous device which they are not able to perform. These enemies, they of thine old household, they are not able to do the evil they intended. They're not. I'm going to fix him. Not if the Lord don't allow you, mate. What did the Lord tell Moses? He said, Against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue against the man or beast, that ye may know. This is going to happen, that you can know how the Lord doth put a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. He's tried and proved. Tried and proved. Verse 12. Therefore shalt thou make them turn their back, when thou shalt make ready thine arrows upon the strings, Against the face of them. Then. Like when we first were saved. When the Lord first converted us and gave us life. After all of our enemies are defeated. We rejoice and praise the Lord still. That doesn't change. Does it? When we see him. We know who he is. We have a heart that cries out to him. That doesn't change. It doesn't stop. Be thou exalted. Verse 13 Lord. Be thou exalted in thine own strength. That's where it started. So will we sing and praise thy power. David, he was made a king by God on this earth. He can sing each line of this psalm. And you and I who are made kings by God, we sing this too. We sing it too. But Psalm 21, psalm 21 is not just about a king. And it's not about the many kings that the Lord makes. It's about the king. The king of kings is who this concerns. Pilate asked the Lord, he said, art thou a king then? Are you a king then? And from the lips of the Almighty, what his answer? Jesus answered, thou sayest I'm a king. You're saying it now, but you're really going to say it in eternity. You don't even know what you're saying, buddy. Thou sayest I'm a king. To this end was I born, to be king. And for this cause came I into the world to perform the functions of king. That I should bear witness unto the truth. And everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. <laughs> everyone that's in my kingdom, oh, they hear me. His kingdom's an everlasting kingdom, and it's without boundaries. That's unlike any kingdom we can talk about, isn't it? We, we don't have words to describe these things, do we? Look here in verse 1. We'll start again. Psalm 21 1. The king shall joy in thy strength, O Lord, in thy salvation. <clears throat> How greatly shall he rejoice! Here, our Lord speaking as the Messiah, as a man on this earth. He was the whole Godhead manifested in an earthly body. But as a man, he found strength in Jehovah, in the self-existent one. Remember, our Lord was being tempted by Satan in the wilderness. It says, And Jesus said unto him, Get thee hence, Satan. 
For it's written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Here's God Almighty in human flesh, and the Lord sent, his Father sent angels to serve him, to strengthen him, to minister unto him. Our Redeemer's a man, and as a man, as, as it must be with me, so it was with him. His strength was from above because I must receive all of my strength from the Lord. He received his strength from the Lord. Christ prayed in the Mount of Olives before going to the cross. He said, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And then there appeared angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. Strengthening him. That's impossible for me you to fully comprehend. We can't enter into it. People say, well, i got a good handle on it. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. How did the entire Godhead manifest in one human body? And an uncom- uncomely body at that. It says our Lord, who was the God-man, He grew in stature and in wisdom. How could He be strengthened? He had to be tempted in all points like we are as a man. Tempted in all points like we are. He got tired and had to sleep. He got hungry and had to eat. He wept. He laughed. He was a person. He was not a figment of people's imagination. He was a God man. And he had joy in his father's strength. Brother Henry said, We will have more joy the more we rely on the Lord's strength and not our own. And that's a fact. A bunch of sad people in this world. If you would look to the strength of the Lord, you're going to be a little bit happier. <laughs> you're going to have some joy. I don't have to worry about it. All of a sudden, boy, them shoulders come up because they ain't a burden on it no more. Look to his strength. <clears throat> Verse 1 says, The king shall joy in thy strength, O Lord, and in thy salvation how greatly shall he rejoice. The God-man rejoiced in the power of the Lord strength and in what is accomplished by the power of God his salvation he rejoices greatly in the salvation of the Lord the father purposed this salvation before time was way before conveniently right the son purchased it the spirit proclaims it and applies it to the hearts of those that Christ shed his blood for I greatly rejoice in that and Christ does and Christ does Verse 2 says, Thou hast given him his heart's desire and hast not withholding the request of his lips. Selah. Pay attention to that. What was Christ's desire? What was our king's desire? The will of his father. He prayed, Not my will, but thy will be done. Not that their will was any different. Not that there was intent was any different. But his desire was to honor his father, to fulfill his father's law. Every jot and tittle to give him all the glory, to praise him, to honor the Father and perform his will. His desire was what he came to do, to be born for his people, to live for his people, to lay down his life for the sheep. With the joy set before him, he endured the cross. That was his desire. That was his joy. We read in Isaiah 53, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. Long his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. 
He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. Why would he be satisfied? He desired that. Hmm. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. For he shall bear their iniquities. That has to come to pass, doesn't it? Turn over to Luke 22. This stuck with me. The Lord's desire. We know what he desired before the world was because he came. He came to perform his father's will. What happened while he's here? Luke 22, verse 14. Luke 22, 14. And when the hour was come, he sat down, twelve apostles with him. And he said unto them, with desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. His desire is going to be fulfilled. He said, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say unto you, I will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Until all these things come to pass, I ain't going to eat this no more. He said, I ain't going to drink of the fruit of the vine. I'm not going to drink any wine until you're with me and I drink with you. He desired to come and have this Passover, have his table. Turn back to John 17. To the right, John 17. Christ the King desires his people be with him and behold his glory. He desired to do the Father's will. He came to this earth. He desired to have that Passover with his people, to show his death, to suffer for them, to lay down his life for them. And he wants us to be with him. He desires to be with him. But he words a little different than man does. John 17, verse 24. John 17, 24. Father, I will, I desire, I will, that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me. For thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. If an earthly king wants something, the queen right now in England or kings in other countries, if an earthly monarch wants something, it will likely happen. Did you know that? If queen shows up in some building and says, I like this building, paint that wall. Somebody's probably going to go paint that wall red, isn't it? If she wants tea and crumpets for dinner, that's probably what she's going to get. Isn't it? Listen to me. If King Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords, if he desires something, if he wills something, it shall happen. There's, there's no possibility it cannot happen. And he said, I've desired to eat this meal with you before I suffer. And Father, I desire, I will. It's going, it's going to happen. They go hand in hand. That my people be where I am. And they see my glory. And he shall not lose one. His people shall see him high and lifted up. Now back in our text, there's Psalm 21, verse 2. Psalm 21, 2. Thou hast given him his heart's desire and hast not withholden the request of his lips. What did he ask? I immediately thought of Psalm 2. Request <laughs> of his lips. The father's told him there in Psalm 2, verse 8. He said, ask of me. Ask of me, son. And I'll give you the heathen for thine inheritance. And the uttermost parts of heaven and earth for thy possession. I'm Are you? 
Are you a heathen? News to a heathen, isn't it? There's more and more homeless folks living up in this this part of the county. They're all over, and and there's more and more drug users and prostitutes and everything else moving. It's growing and growing and growing. Are they heathens? Do I have good news for them, or do I want to kick them out of my way? <laughs> Don't look at them. Don't feed the bears. Don't give them nothing. Stay away from them. That's the heathen. Am I any different than them? Do they need a different blood shed for the, for their sins than I did for mine? That might all clean out our uppity attitude, shouldn't it? So I've given thee the heathen for thine inheritance. He desired me. I can't believe that. You that are his, he desired you. He sought you out. How did he seek you? You was lost. <laughs> you didn't even know it. He sought you out. He found you. He bought you with a price. He gave his life for you. And you're going to be with him in glory. He desired it. He said in verse or uh, John 17, verse 9, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which pass given me. For they're thine. And all mine are thine, and thine are mine. We're one, Paul. We're my people. And I'm glorified in them. I'm glorified in them. If a man stands up and tells you, that God's trying to do something, or God wants to do something, He is lying to you, that's a false gospel. You'll die and go to hell listening to that. That's not God. That's somebody. That's, that's something like a man. That's a vain imagination of the mind. That's not the king, the king of kings. This is the king. He's desired something that's coming to pass, period. And His kingdom has no boundaries. He and the Father are one. He said, this is the Father's will which He hath sent me, that of all which He hath given, I should lose nothing. That's throughout time. Imagine that. From Adam to the last saint. East, west, north, south, through time. <laughs> Eternity. That's his people. And he shall lose nothing, but shall raise it up again in that last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone that seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I'll raise him up last day. There's a, a falsehood going around where I grew up. And it's probably coming to this side of the country before too long that the people believe in election. They say, well, Lord's had a, a, a people he chose before time. Now, they don't ever have to hear him. They don't ever have to see him. They don't ever have to follow him. They can go just down around and, and live like a heathen their whole life. Go off by themselves. Do what you want. You're going to wake up one day in glory. Well, I guess that's fine and good thought, except that's against the word of God. Are you making stuff up as you go? Where did you get that? He said, this is the will of him that sent me to everyone which seeth the Son. He gives us eyes to see and believes on that a heart that believes. May have everlasting life. And I'll raise him up the last day. Verse 3. For thou preventest him with the blessings of goodness. Thou settest a crown of pure gold on him. Prevent is to go before. Some people call that prevenient. And I don't know why people like to divide God's grace and mercy up into categories. I, I don't understand that. I never did experience that, but it's prevalent. It's prevalent, isn't it? As if one is more glorious than another. You have to have, well, if you don't ask for mercy from this category, you won't get it. What kind of works based junk is that? Blows my mind. But prevenient grace. This is a grace that goes before. God's grace is eternal. His mercy is eternal, just like His love is eternal, just like He's eternal. There was a body prepared for the king. But before He came in the flesh, 
He had a kingdom. Before the world was, he was blessed with his people already. That's what Paul told us in Ephesians 1, wasn't it? According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. As he looks upon his people in love, eternally. Before time, Christ was blessed with glory. A body was prepared for him, was intended and prepared for him. A, a, a people was prepared for him. And his glory was before he came. He said, Father, I glorify me in thine own self with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Before he came to the earth, a great number had already believed on him. Isn't that amazing? Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it, he was glad. Job said, I know my Redeemer liveth. How could they be saved? He hadn't showed up yet. Well, if you, if you don't get that, you don't get that what he desires comes to pass. <laughs> he said, I'm going to save that people. They're plumb safe right then. Take it to the bank. It's done. It's done. For thou preventest him with the blessings of goodness. Thou settest a crown of pure gold on his head. That, that crown of pure gold, that's not the 24. This is pure gold. This is deity. The gold of deity. Who crowned him? This is heavenly gold. Who crowned him? The father did. The kings of this earth, they crown themselves. Or, or someone else crowns them. Don't it? They lay hands on a king. Oh, now you're a king. <laughs> Y'all play them with fire. Those are the kings. They got a loose fitting crown, don't they? One good pop, it comes off. Or one close of the eyes and you're dead. You don't wear the crown no more. This is an eternal crown. A pure gold crown of deity that the father placed on him. It says in Revelation 19, in his eyes as a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Because that's who he is. Who does that? Who crowned him? Who accomplished this? Make Jesus your king. Have you made him Lord of your life? Hush, hush, don't, we'll look at it briefly next hour. Those malefactors, don't you know who you're talking to? Don't you know who you're speaking of? This is the king. This isn't a king, this is, this is the king. Who accomplished these things? Who crowned him? Not man. We didn't make him king. The Lord told Isaiah, said, Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with justice and judgment from henceforth forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts perform this. Make him king. The zeal of the Lord of hosts do this. And his strength and his power and his desire. That's what's going to happen. Verse 4. He asked life of thee and thou gavest him even length of days forever and ever. Christ asked for life to give to his people. He, told, he asked the Father, you give me life to give to them. Was he living? Yeah. How's that work? I don't really know, but he did. <laughs> He's the giver of it, isn't he? He asked of life to give to his people. It says in John 17, Thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. He's going to give the life. And this is eternal life. They may know thee, the only true God, Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Says for the Father, it raiseth the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth, gives life to whom he will. That's in his hands. He's asking 
I'll give life to them, Lord. That's your job. That gives to him. He said, I am come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. All this life we hear he gives, this life he puts in us, boy, it's just a, it's a, it's a, a foretaste. It's just a shadow of what's to come. We have life more abundantly. And that's not just in the quantity or the extent of life for eternity. That's the quality of it. It's his life that he gives. Verse 4 says, He asked life of thee, and thou gavest him even length of days forever and ever. His glory is great in thy salvation. Christ receives all the glory in salvation. Honor and majesty hast thou laid upon him, because he deserves it. Can you think of anybody that deserves him more glory than he does? For thou hast made him most blessed forever. Thou hast made him exceeding glad with thy countenance. For the king trusteth in the Lord, and through the mercy of the Most High, he shall not be moved. He's seated on his throne forever and ever. Now the enemies. That's the problem with mankind. You know why we ain't packed to the gills this morning? Mankind don't think God's going to punish sin. Why? Because they're proud, and they don't think they're really sin. They think they've done something bad. Well, nah, I kind of, I did 50 into 55 let it go just let me talk to the judge God will punish sin either in you or in a substitute in the king himself verse 8 thine hand shall find out all thine enemies thy right hand shall find out those that hate thee his right hand will judge the earth thou shalt make them fiery oven in the time of thine anger the Lord shall swallow them up in his wrath and a fire shall devour them their fruit shalt thou destroy from the earth and their seed from among the children of men for they intended evil against thee they imagined a mischievous device which they were not able to perform where's that most paramount at man meant something evil as a covery wouldn't it Satan thought he'd won that serpent said I got him Mankind's evil, wicked heart put him on that cross and said, I got him. I, got, well, I won't have this man reign over us. Loose the reins. Won't have it. And boy, what time mankind and Satan and everything else thought they had him whooped. What we intended, his glory shone through them. <laughs> he accomplished it. He crushed the serpent's head. It was finished forever. Done. Clean done. Verse 12. Therefore shalt thou make them turn they're back when thou shalt make ready thine arrows upon the strings against the face of them. Where do we end? <laughs> Same place we started. Be thou exalted, Lord, in thine own strength. So we will sing and praise thy power. This is our king speaking. And he says, we, <laughs> we will sing thy praise and thy power. People mess that up so bad. They say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. What are you going to do? That's the Lord speaking still. The quotations had not ended. He began speaking, and after that, then the children of Israel reply to what the Lord said. The Lord said, as for me and my house, you go do what you want. Me and my children, the constituents of his kingdom, were serving the Lord. Because he is the Lord. That's his desire. He told John. John said, baptize me, John. John said, I need to baptize you. He said, this behooves us. This benefits us. All of us. And he says, we will sing 
his praise and his power. Do you think there's a doubt that his child won't sing their, his praise and his power? Not possible, is it? Oh. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this word. Thank you for our brother David that you used to pen this, Lord. and Allow us to your strength, your power, your salvation. Allow that to be our desire to see Christ our King on his throne and what he's accomplished and the power of his hand. Lord, let that be on our lips. We have many enemies in this world, in our own houses and our own bodies. We know you'll handle it. You're our defender. You're our shield and our exceeding great reward. Allow us to sing praise. Allow us to sing from a joyful heart that you've put in us. Christ and that finished work. Forgive us for what we are, Lord. Forgive us our fear and our doubt and our wandering. And keep us. Give us that life eternal as you've promised you will. Thank you for this hour. Lord, be with those that you've sent trials to. and Apart from family and many others. Allow them to see your mighty hand in it, your strength, your power, your salvation. It's in Christ's name that we ask these things. Amen. All right. <coughs>